Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Now, Gavin, it's not alcohol-induced dementia. I don't remember the five words you said ten minutes ago because I don't pay attention to anything you say. Ass. The following podcast contains... Don't you cuss on this here radio. I apologize to all the friendly folk who are listening. I'll thank you not to use that kind of language in my presence. I happen to have my young son in the car, and I don't want to hear that kind of language. Sir, I I hope you'll accept my apologies for my profanity. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you were convinced a guy who's been dead for 20 years is going to be running for vice president this year, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 271, Q Can It Be Now edition of the show, where we catch up on the latest QAnon news you can use. Stay tuned. The What the Hell You Thinking podcast is brought to you by returning sponsor, Anonymous Internet Guy, that nameless guy on the internet you choose to believe. Here at AIG, we've made huge strides in spreading bullshit, but we still depend on you, the ill-informed and unthinking masses, for our success. Which is why we are introducing our new podcast, Q-Tips, the ones you can put in your ears. Q-Tips is a weekly show filled with wild conjecture, random conspiracy, and incoherent rantings on subjects of which we have no real understanding. A lot like this show here. Anonymous Internet Guys Q-Tips, delusional, dangerous, and incredibly lucrative for us. God, the queen is dead. I figured you'd cruise at least through the spring. What happened? It was, uh, John John. Oh, John. But you made it through the day before. Yeah, but yesterday he told Joyce, the aerobics teacher, that he wants to meet me outside here at 9 o'clock tonight. Why outside here? Because he thinks I live here. Remember when we shared that cab? He dropped me off out in front. He's picking me up. All right, Costanza, it's you and me. And then there were two. This may sound shocking to some of you that's listened to the show for a while, but at one time, one side of my family were Democrats. I mean, dyed-in-the-wool Roosevelt New Dealers who fondly remembered all the things FDR did for them, like, you know, running electricity into their backwoods hollers and podunk towns they grew up in. The TVA has flooded thousands of Americans out of their homes. Yeah, but they didn't live in those towns. This continued right up until about 1960 or so when the Democrats did something that the good God-fearing folk of my family just couldn't abide. But the Pope poses a problem. Oh, yeah. 
electing a Catholic. They just couldn't do it. You see, in the rural south of the 60s, being Catholic just wasn't done. It was it was worse than being black because one couldn't help the color, what the color of their skin was, was, but you could always reject the heresy of papism. And here's this Kennedy fella just standing there being all Catholic and utterly unrepentant about it. So they stopped being Democrats. And I guess in some ways it's not as bad as when the other side of my family became Republicans, which of course was the Civil Rights Act of 1964. It's hard to explain why being Catholic was such a problem. I mean, these folks were hardly biblical scholars or theologians, so the finer points of doctrine, shall we say, eluded them? Are you saying... What I'm saying is... That they had no fucking idea why they didn't like Catholics. Just the Catholics were strange, different, other, and they wanted no part of that. If I had to guess, I would say it was the Latin and the robes. This was long before people talked about the pedophilia. I don't know. To them, it just seemed kind of demonic. So they developed little conspiracy theories that the Catholic people were utterly enslaved to the Pope and would do whatever the Pope told them. This was so prominent among Americans in general that JFK had to do a whole speech telling America that he wasn't just a papist tool sent to take over America and force people to eat fish on Fridays. But because I am a Catholic, and no Catholic has ever been elected president, the real issues in this campaign have been obscured, perhaps deliberately, in some quarters less responsible than this. So it is apparently necessary for me to state once again, not what kind of church I believe in, for that should be important only to me, but what kind of America I believe in. I mean, even after his his assassination, certain elements of my family, you know, the kind of guys who wore robes of their own with hoods, you know, still maintained that the church was the real killer of JFK because he didn't convert the United States by the sword when he was elected. I guess it's why it amuses me to such degrees when some of the descendants of those same rabid anti-Catholic bigots insist that JFK's only son is about to join with Donnie Dinky Dingle and root out the satanic cannibalistic pedophile ring running America. Isn't he dead? John Jr.? Oh, definitely. He died in 1999, but uh, that hasn't stopped the dumbest among us from claiming that he's about to pull a Jesus and come back to help Trump take down the deep state. It's one of those fucking joke shows. I'm not into it. I assure you, pod friends, the kind of people who believe this are deadly serious about it. Some of them will literally kill you if you fucking laugh at them. Eh, I'm, of course, talking about the QAnon conspiracy, which is not on, which has not only not gone away, but has grown in influence and idiocy since the last time we talked about it almost two years ago in episode 168. Wait a second. Let's recap. Quoting from its Wikipedia entry, entry quote, QAnon is a far-right conspiracy theory detailing a supposed secret plot by an alleged deep state against the U.S. President Donald Trump and his supporters. The theory began with an October 2017 post on the anonymous image board 4chan by someone using the name Q, who was presumably an American individual initially, but probably later became a group of people claiming to have access to classified information involving the Trump administration and its opponents in the United States. Well, the truth sounds insane sometimes. Back in July of 18, we did the show about QAnon as it was then, and the gist of that show was the Q theorists were largely hucksters and con artists who were peddling wild bullshit in order to make money off the dim bulbs of America. And I stand by that analysis. But the intervening two years have, uh, well, uh... That's when things took a dark turn. You see, early Q was a fringe conspiracy theory, and the kind of people who supported it were the exact kind of people you might expect would support a theory like QAnon. Short, stocky, slow-witted, bald man. 
who spend far too much time in the danker corners of the internet. These days, Q is, uh, well, it's, uh, it's in the wild, kind of like COVID-19, and growing, kind of like COVID-19. Also, many of the people who are allowing it to grow and flourish are the same people that are responsible for COVID-19. As many as 14 candidates, all Republicans, if you couldn't guess, have made it to the general election ballot in November, who have either intimated or in some cases outright stated they are Q believers. One of the more notable is Lauren Bobert, a gun-toting political neophyte who defeated a five-turn GOP incumbent in Colorado. Though I'm betting it was less about her stance on the issues than her gun babe persona that got her over the top. Don't come at me for being a sexist. The woman's straight off a fucking NRA wall calendar and embraces the aesthetic. Bobert, according to NPR, quote, appeared on The Steel Truth, a show hosted by QAnon believer and Vandersteel. That's a real name, I'm sure. During the primary campaign in that interview, she said she was very familiar with the theory and voiced support for it, though she didn't say she fully believed in QAnon's ideas. Everything that I've heard of Q, I hope that is real, because it, is only, it only means America is getting stronger and better, and people are returning to conservative values. And that's what I'm here for, she said. And so everything that I've heard of this movement is only motivating and encouraging and bringing people together stronger. And if this is real, then it could really be great for our country, unquote. Joe Ray Perkins, GOP Senate candidate from Oregon, is running against popular Senator Jeff McKelly, posted a video since removed on the night of her primary when she, when, when she stated she, quote, stood with Q and the team, unquote. I can only assume she did not mean the Oregon Ducks. Perkins has since recanted her stance on the key issues of Q, much to the disappointment of Q adherents of Oregon, of which there are many in the rural eastern portions of the state. Georgia House GOP candidate Marjorie Taylor Greene, who won a heavily Republican district and is favored to win the seat, is unabashed in her Q affiliation. The Washington Post story on her win included this little nightmare fuel nugget. Quote, Greene has posted videos lifting QAnon conspiracy theories and is praising its anonymous leader, Q. Q is a patriot. He is someone that very much loves his country and he is on the same page as us and he is very pro-Trump, she said in a 2017 video posted on YouTube. In the video, she talks about an awakening that will expose deep correction and unite Americans behind Trump. I'm very excited about that, that now that there's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to take this global cabal of Satan-worshipping pedophiles out and I think we have just the president to do it. It's not safe. It's not safe. President Thimbledick has flirted with Q shit posting, often retweeting Q accounts and amplifying her nonsense to the masses. And of course, fail sons Don Jr. and Eric love Q content. None of this should be taken as belief on their part, just the usual opportunistic parasitism that is the Trump brand. Q signs appear at Trump rallies and regularly with regularity, and Q content even creeps into campaign posts. Old shroom dickhead knows his base, and he knows the raw red meat of Q gins up a certain element amongst them. That's a problem. From an article on Global Network on Extremism and Technology, quote, 
QAnon theories have inspired numerous violent acts, and the group was reportedly identified as a domestic terrorism threat by the FBI in an internal memo in May of 2019. The FBI document cites a California man who was found with bomb-making materials in his car. He allegedly planned to bomb the Illinois capital to make Americans aware of Pizzagate and the New World Order, who were dismantling society. Last February, a man pled guilty of terror to a terrorism charge after blocking the Hoover Dam bridge with an armored truck. Heavily armed, he demanded the public release the U.S. Inspector General's report on Hillary Clinton's emails, a popular request among QAnon supporters. Other adherents are linked to acts of murder, kidnapping, and public disturbance, unquote. And it's not just in the states either. Earlier this year, a doofus with QAnon ties attempted to drive his truck into the residence of the Prime Minister of Canada, loaded down with guns and ammo. Dude fucked up and got taken in by the noun Mounties, who quickly learned his social media was full of Q hashtags and content. In Europe, various Q groups are flaring on social media, all putting their own local spin on what has emerged as the dominant Q conspiracy. Murder, cannibalism, and satanic rituals. And everyone is in on it. Even you, pod friends. Even you. I mean, don't get me wrong, Satanism has always been in there, but in the beginning it was more political, you know, deep state operatives and counter coups, that sort of shit. But the roots of the thing were come from the Pizzagate conspiracy where Hillary operatives were keeping children in the non-existent basement of a DC pizza joint. But these days, it's all... Tear their livers out and make some kind of satanic pate. And they're coming for all of us devil-worshipping, child-killing kid cookers. It got so bad that Twitter took the step of banning over 7,000 Q-related accounts after Chrissy Teigen was the target of a coordinated Twitter storm over her alleged actions as a child-raping cannibal. Which I have to say, I've met Chrissy Teigen a time or two and I found her delightful and I simply cannot believe she would rape and eat children. Do you know what all that fucking fat would do to her figure? Recently, the Q crowd became obsessed with an online retailer called Wayfair. And I swear, I'm not making this up. They said that they were selling children online by labeling them as wildly expensive cabinets. Like the things Ted Cruz keeps his chunky soup in cabinets, not the group of sycophantic toadies kind of cabinet associated with the White House. Why did they think this? Because the overpriced cabinets all have girls' names. There must be more. Well, some intrepid Google sleuth discovered... Let me just let Newsweek sum it up, quote, Supporters of the theory have also urged skeptics to use a Russian search engine to search for the stock-keeping unit number, SKU, associated with various Wayfair products, which returns images results full of children in bathing suits. However, none of the SKU searches return images of a single child, which would seem to run counter to the implication that Wayfair SKUs secretly provide data regarding the specific child to be purchased. In addition... Allowing the search engine's instructions with any random string of numbers returns the exact same results, unquote. And all of this brings us back around to John John, who, according to Q Leavers, is an integral part of the plot to bring down this corrupt house of cards we call America. And it all started when they tried to recruit John Jr. into the global pedophile ring shortly before his death. <laughs> I'm going to need you to hang on right here because it's going to be a wild ride. The theory goes that back in the 1990s, Jeffrey Epstein approached JFK Jr. with an offer to join the International Satanic Pedophile Cannibalism Cabal, and John John was suitably appalled and threatened to out Jeff and the Cabal. Naturally, they couldn't let that happen, so they started plotting to eliminate Jr. like they did his dad. 
But John John found out about the plan and faked his and Caroline's death in a plane crash and went into hiding in plain sight and biding his time, waiting for the chance that he predicted would arise to strike back and take down the entire Hollywood royal family, congressional, financial, Jewish. You got to throw the Jews in there. Sorry, guys. Cabal, when his good, good friend Donald J. Trump was elected as president. Then, and only then, would John John emerge from hiding and together he and the Donald would root out the satanic scourge once and for all. That is insane. I know how it sounds, but what if I told you there was proof? Don't make me call you a liar. Reported on none other than Wonkette.com, I ask you to explain this. Quote, this week, however, some enterprising QAnoners finally found some proof of their beliefs. During an Instagram Live interview about his anti-vax bullshit, a bunch of them popped in to repeatedly ask Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is still RFK Jr., even though his dad isn't alive either, to touch his nose if his cousin John F. Kennedy Jr. was still alive. And then, eventually, he touched his nose. Well, if that isn't proof of life, or him thinking he's playing along with a joke, or of an itchy nose, doesn't matter. They're all very excited about it, though. And the, inter- and the video has been shared across social media thousands of times, unquote. And if JFK Jr. perhaps randomly or perhaps not touching his nose isn't proof enough for you, then I don't know what possibly could be. All of this would be laughably insane, if not for how widely it has infiltrated into the right-wing collective consciousness. For years, photos of cops wearing Q emblems on their gear have appeared in photos with a president with President Puny Penis. And just recently, the head of the NYC Sergeant's Benevolent Union gave an interview on Fox News with a Q mug displayed prominently on camera. Given the state of police in this country, that even a small percentage of cops are Q adherents is fucking frightening. And given that the federal cops are currently stopping people into unmarked cars in American cities, it's a real fucking concern. And the one thing shared by all Q leavers is their sense of alienation and fear's dispossession from their positions of power and privilege, whether that's a high-ranking police official or Ed the local wackanut who likes to jerk off in the Walmart parking lot. They all fear that some known or unknown other is conspiring against them, and they, and only they, stand between America and, for some reason, Tom Hanks. The fuck can you bring Tom Hanks into this, you fucking pathetic motherfuckers? That man has done nothing but brought joy into our lives, and you are calling him a fucking pedophile. You're the sick fucks! Nor do I have an easy solution. Even if we win in November, even if we take the Senate and everything, the whole shamil, we are still going to have these fuckwits running around spewing this shit, and some of them are going to be in fucking Congress. Q is an apocalyptic death cult. And you might think with an actual fucking apocalypse and death and all that shit on hand, they'd be happy. But no, they're still busy drumming up wild conspiracy theories about satanic cults like it was 1987 and they're bothered about Dungeons and Dragons. FBI has quietly said Q is a danger, but the Justice Department is doing nothing about it, just like they're doing nothing about the Q adjacent, but not Q aligned Boogaloo Boys and any number of other groups. And since the cops are balls deep in Q, we are in a real who watches the Watchmen situation in America. And that's only going to get worse before it gets better. That's if it ever gets better, or we even have an America in a couple of years. Which is why, thank God, Bobby Kennedy's reanimated corpse is being prepped in an underground lab at Stratcom headquarters in Nebraska with alien DNA to come back and run for president in 2024 and save us all. Kennedy. Nebraska can make the difference. As was foretold. That is it for our show this week. Should you be worried about QAnon? 
Well, in the grand scheme of things, probably not as much as you should be worried about the pandemic, economic collapse, foreign interference elections, the idea that Trump not refused to vacate the office of defeated, and uh, federal cops are kidnapping citizens off the streets. So, you know, it's all about context, I guess. Speaking of context, rate and review the show wherever you get your pods. It helps others find the show and wonder in what context it makes sense for Goldman Sachs to advertise on our pre-roll. Gotta get that one off of there. Follow the show on Twitter at the Hell underscore podcast with the show name on Facebook. Like what you hear? Kick us a dollar or five on Patreon at patreon.com slash whatthehellpodcast. Get yourself some cool swag and shit. Shout out to Seltzer Kings who for <laughs> put the show on their network. Gotta wonder when they will actually listen to us and figure out what a great idea that was. So... From me, Dave, Deep State Bledsoe, producer, very upset about the Tom Hanks allegations, Gavin, and all the fictional satanic conspiracies on the show, we want to say, cue can it be knocking at our Twitter door, go away, don't come around here no more, and we'll see you all next week. Can't you see that it's late at night? I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.